I don't care how Brad calls me out. It's still good. <laughs> oh, man, if we can't laugh about that, you can't. You got to get over it, right? Cool. Hey, real quick, uh, we had a special request that was brought to me um, uh, this morning. And I'm going to take away from my message here, and I'm not going to say the name. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but this is how important um, I feel our Wednesday night Bible study is. For the past three, four weeks, um, we've been totally uh, glued or or, um, our minds have been framed. And and God has given given me a message really to bring forth to our church on discipleship, what discipleship is, what it means, and how we are all disciples. And, and this person came up to me before service and, and uh, gave me this piece of paper. We're going to pray about an individual here in just a moment. And uh, said, you know what, Pastor Kevin, you know, uh, I, was, I was sitting in, a, I think it was a grocery store of some sort, standing in line, and I, uh, somebody was talking. If, if I get the story wrong, just forgive me to the individual who was t- telling me it. But uh, something to the effect of, uh, there was a need of somebody's life, and, and they spoke up, and, and somebody said, well, we'll pray about it with you. And, and then this person who attends our church says, how about we pray right now, right in the middle of public, right there. Yeah. Somebody's getting it. Are you following me? And that's encouraging. So we're going to lift up this name right quick. Her, the name is Paul Berkeley, stage four cancer, but we believe God can do a miracle. Let's pray. God, we're coming to you right now, and we're lifting up Paul to you. Father, wherever he is right now, we're asking your spirit to go with him. Your miracle working power, your Holy Spirit, God, just to flow in this man's life. Let's hear of great things to come through him, whether we ever hear from him again or we ever meet him or ever know what the result was. We know, God, that you are the resolve. And we ask of this in your name. And the church says what? Amen. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're going to start a brand new four-week series, and it's called I Choose. I Choose. One of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. And I've said this from the moment I started in ministry. From the very first message, I think, from I, when I was a youth pastor, I, 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 I can recall, I always got through to the, to the kids, to the teens, um, and, and even through you guys, you've heard me say it many times before, is the greatest gift God ever gave us was Jesus Christ. But the second greatest gift God ever gave us was the opportunity to choose. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. We're going to talk about choosing. So let let me get this out here right quick for you, okay? I want you to think about this for a moment. We are, you and me, this is what we are. We are the sum total of choices that we've made. We're the results of the choices that we have made in the past. In other words, where you are today is a product of where you were yesterday because of the choices that you've made. And some of you right now are going, well, I'm not exactly liking where I'm at now. Maybe that's because some of the choices that you have previously made weren't the best. And then some of you this morning might be saying, I'm really nervous. I'm kind of concerned about where I might be tomorrow or in the near future. And you're worried about decisions that need to be made that you haven't quite yet made. And watch this, 
you're even worried about some decisions that maybe you're going to have to make that you have no idea that they're even going to come to you. And you, so you live a life kind of like in the worry, in the fearful. Well, we're going to address that this morning. I want you to understand that I want you to be determined by your decisions that you're making today and that you're moving forward in, that they will result in who you will become and who you are going to be tomorrow. So here's the deal. Your choices really do matter. They do. The decisions you make every single day are very important for your life. They're important for your life in the now, and they're important for your life in the future. Now, we're going to look at a couple things this morning, but I want you to imagine this. All right? Think about this for a moment. Imagine that everyone likes you. Imagine that everyone approves of you. No matter what you've done or no matter what you do, everyone thinks you're this. Awesome. Think about that. Imagine that. It's hard to imagine it, but imagine it for a moment. I look in the mirror every day and go, Kevin, you're awesome. No, I don't. <laughs> I go, Kevin, you're, you got a lot of work to do, buddy. <laughs> All right? Think about that for a moment. That, that feels good, right? When you, when you imagine that everybody likes you, that, that they show approval to you and who you are, that should be like, wow, that's awesome. All right, now let me ruin it for you. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. It's false. It's the biggest lie you can even tell yourself right now. And you heard it from your pastor. I was encouraging you to lie. That's exciting, isn't it? Some of you are like, I'm not sure how to take that. I'm not sure what to say. Should I laugh or should I just get up and leave? Just stay. Trust me. It's going to get better. I promise. I want you to imagine with me for, for a few moments this morning. Um, for those of you guys who, who are followers of Christ. Imagine every choice that you make would be a choice that would line up with his will. Imagine um, that you would be so consumed with pleasing Christ that the approval of others would really mean a lot less to you than maybe it has in the past. You know, deep down we need to understand that what drives you should be the approval of Christ. What drives you should be the decisions that you're making in, in a, a time of prayer and really seeking God. Let's face it for a moment. We do not always take all of our choices that we need to make or the decisions that we need to make and take them to God, do we? You know, I heard a, uh, I heard a person one time. I was out with them for dinner. And uh, I said, you know what? Um, man, we, we need to pray before our meal. This was another, another Christ follower with me. And uh, this individual has said something to me that, that has stuck out in my mind. Uh, believe me, in, in our home, we believe in praying before our meals. Okay, we believe in praying for our meals. So I don't want you to, to get, wrong, get me wrong here. But the individual goes, well, I prayed this morning that God would bless everything, so that covers it all. So my mind's going, hmm. But sometimes the decisions that I make are not decisions that I really want God to be involved in. And so therefore, 
if I'm not allowing God to be involved in the decisions that I'm making and I mess up and I make a bad choice, which we all make bad choices, right? Don't look at the person beside you. We all make bad choices. I'm just kidding. But what we need to do daily in our life is come before God and say, God, I need you to help me with my choices today. You know, I, I can't, you know, sometimes you're, you're faced with a choice in the spur of the moment. And, and you're, you're just automatic making a choice. So sometimes we can't just go, God, right now, hold on, time out. I need to make a decision whether or not I turn left or right. I need to make a decision right now on, on, on this or that. And, and so sometimes we have to have that split decision, that moment where you've got to make a choice. You see, it's important that we allow God to be involved in our choices. Because if God is not involved in our choices, then chances are when we make some of them, they're going to be the wrong ones. And we're not going to do the right thing. So our, our prayer daily should be, God, this is what I need you to do. I'm asking, Lord, help me in my choices. Help me in my decision making. Help me that I do the right thing according to your scripture, according to your will, according to what you want for my life. One of the things that we need, we're going to look at this morning is this. I choose purpose over popularity. I choose purpose over popularity. Now, by default, we believe in the opposite. I mean, think about this. We, we go through life going, you know, well, this, does this person like me? Do they like the shoes that I have on? <laughs> Some of y'all made comments this morning. All right, I heard them. Do they like the way maybe I'm, and I'm saying for myself, do they like the way maybe I'm presenting the word today? Do they like the vehicle I drive? Do they like the house I live in? Um, do they like the way I smell? I don't want to smell bad in front of people, you know? We live our life in a lot of ways according to what other people think of us. Instead of living our life according to the purposes that God has designed for us. We're living for the approval of people. And that keeps us from what? The purposes of God. If we don't know the purpose of our lives, we end up experimenting with it and we never do what we were created to do. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I told you guys quick, quickly last week, uh, Carter, our five-year-old, who is now six, by the way. That's a huge deal for him. He's two hands now. Two hands. But Thursday was actually his birthday, so we gave him our gifts. And one of the gifts that he wanted was this fire truck. Okay, it's this fire truck. It's remote controlled. Uh, the ladder goes up and down, and then it, the boom goes out and in. And the best feature of all, it sprays water. All right? All right? I'm not even getting into that because that's fine. We haven't had an issue yet there, but it's coming. I know it. I feel it. And there's a story coming along in a sermon, I'm sure. Maybe baptismal. I don't know. So anyway, so... I'm sitting there in the living room on Thursday evening. He got his gift. And you know how dads, sometimes you got to play with the toy before the kid does. 
there's a lot of functionality to that remote control. And I was looking at it going, oh, wow, it's six years old and he's got to learn this, you know. So I'm like, wait a minute, let me play with it first, which is awesome. <laughs> so I unpack the thing and I, I hook up the battery that it came with. It said it was ready to go. That's not always the truth, let me tell you that. But anyway, it had a little power in it, so we're playing with it. And I'm going through the remote, and there's this one button on it. And it doesn't really tell you what it does, other than the fact every time I push it, nothing was happening. And I was getting very, very frustrated. And I was, all I could think about in my mind is, I'm going to have to take this toy away from my son. We're going to have to pack it up, ship it back out. He's going to have a meltdown. This is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. So, you know... I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, I'm toying with it. I couldn't figure it out. My father-in-law sees me. He sees that I'm getting, you know, kind of frustrated with it. So he takes his turn with it. None of us can figure out what this button does exactly. And it wasn't working, whatever. And then it hit us. Oh, this is the button for the siren. And then somebody else in that moment said, well, be glad it doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. So... We're going through it, and then, you know, my wife, who is actually in the service this morning, she's usually with our kids' city. She's not the smart one. She's not the one that figured this out, if this is what you're thinking. So, I'm just kidding. All right, so, so you know, I'm sitting there, and, and so then she gets the, 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 the toy, and she's working with it, and we can't figure the thing out. And she's going... You know, in my mind, I'm like, look, Carter's not worried about it. Let's just let it go. She's like, no, we paid all this money for this thing. We are sending it back. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, he's going to have a blow up. You know, everything possible is going through my, through my head. And all of a sudden, I look at the instructions. <laughs> it's amazing. When you go to the source and you figure out the problem. And so I'm looking at it, and, and it says that there's a compartment for batteries. And I'm like, huh, well, this is different than the battery that I had to hook up to start with. So I turn, <laughs> I turn the fire truck upside down, and sure enough, there's a compartment for batteries. So we get the batteries, we put them in, and watch this. The instruction tells me there's a compartment for batteries. I finally listen to it, flip it upside down. You know, you got to unscrew everything anymore, too, by the way. It's not just a little. And, you know, I get it, and I put it in. And the whole time I'm going, I hope this is it. I hope this fixes this. Regardless of what the instructions were, I hope this fixes this. And so I put the batteries in, I flip it over, and I hit the button. And what does it do? The siren goes off. Everybody's happy. All adults are feeling stupid, okay? But we're glad that we don't have to take this thing back. Here's the problem for us. Many of us in our lives, we don't understand what the purpose is of why we have been created. And like this toy, it had a purpose. It had several things that had to happen or were supposed to happen. One of them wasn't working right. And I'm trying to figure out what the purpose is 
or how to fix this this entire time when in fact the answer was right in front of me with what? The instructions that I failed to look at. But once I did, it was like everything was better. We're going to look at several things this morning, but I want to go ahead and take a look in the Old Testament in Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 24. And I'm going to give you an example of a guy who lived in the Old Testament, but this is a New Testament passage, so the writer thought it was very important for us. I'll give you a little bit of context about what we're about to read in regards to, and that's Moses. Now, we understand that Moses was born truly a Hebrew slave, but he was adopted into literally Pharaoh's family. He was born into poverty. He was born into slavery. But he was living a life of royalty and extravagance. And even though he could have continued to choose a life of comfort, creature comforts, everything being taken care of, Everything being given to him. Everything laid before him. He chose to do something different. He went against what was the popular opinion in the moment. Instead, he chose purpose over popularity. Let's look at the scripture. Hebrews 11 and 24 says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can we go on to the next one? He what? Let, 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 me, let me ask that again. He did what? He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting per- pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He chose purpose. Over popularity. He chose a calling over comfort. Now, what you need to understand here, and, and I'm going to try to, uh, the word purpose, kind of disarm it here just a little bit, but oftentimes in, in the Christian church, when we talk about purpose, we begin to kind of ask ourselves, well, why was I created? What is the purpose of? For my life. What did God specifically design me for? And so what we do oftentimes is this. We look at the big things. What did God create me to do? As a pastor, I've, I've heard this spoken of many times by people. And, and they're like, you know, I just don't know what my purpose is in life, pastor. I just don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. What is what did God design me to do? And so what happens is, is we get caught up in this big P mentality. And we start looking at the big purposes, maybe that God has specifically designed us for, that we miss the everyday purposes that God lays in front of us. How about when you have a friend who is discouraged, but in the moment you are encouraged and God has given you an opportunity to do what? Bring encouragement to someone. Is that not a purpose in that moment? It is. So when we're fulfilling that with a friend or with a family member or a loved one, guess what you're doing? You're fulfilling purpose. You're doing something. 
that God designed you to do. When a friend or a loved one or somebody around you has a need and you have what can help them in that need, you're fulfilling purpose. Let's break it down a little bit further. How about moms and dads in here? You have children. But yet you're so caught up on I need purpose in my life. What is more bigger than raising your kids in a Christ-like and in a biblical form? Nothing. Nothing. What are you doing? You're fulfilling purpose. We get caught up in the grand scheme of I've got to have one specific grand purpose in my life. That we miss what God truly has designed us to do. That is to be encouragement. That is to be help. How about this? Those of you who are married. Your spouse. Maybe they're going through a difficult day. And for once, you actually want to encourage them. And so you sit down with them and you try to encourage your spouse. And so it does. You encourage them. And they get happy. Guess what you just did? You fulfilled Purpose. We get so caught up in the definition of purpose that it's got to be this huge, extravagant thing that we miss what God has truly designed us for. My purpose is to be an encouragement. It's to be a voice of hope. It's to be a voice that people can recognize and, and that they can see that, you know, when they come to me or to you, that they will be encouraged, that purpose will come forth. What I want us to look at is because this, if you're faithful in the small things, God can trust you with the bigger things. Think about that for a moment. If I can be faithful in these small purposes in my life, then God can trust me with larger things. Paul was great about this. Um, he, he calls it walking in the spirit. The more that you're in tune with God in prayer, you're going to see God involved. Are you listening? The more you're in tune with God in prayer, the more you're going to see God involved. The more that you're allowing yourself to be in the word of God daily, the more you're going to see the decisions that you choose and the decisions that you make reflect who? God. The more that you're in prayer, the more that you're in the word, you're going to fulfill purpose in your life. We're going to look at three things this morning. The first one is this. Number one, purpose. Purpose. It diminishes Distractions. Think about that for a moment. Purpose diminishes distractions. You see, many of us, one of the biggest distractions that we could ever have is this. We compare. We compare. We compare ourselves with other people constantly. We're constantly comparing ourselves with other people. Back to the, what I was talking about earlier. We're, 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 we live in such a mindset that we're worried about what others are thinking of us. 
that, and, and the distraction that it brings, it takes us away from the purpose of which God has designed us for. You know, things like this, you know, why am I here? Um, you know, this person's already finished college and, and I'm, I'm, you know, not even close to finishing college. How about this? You know, th- th- this person has a, a great job and, and I'm still struggling. I'm still in an entry-level position, but yet this person is excelling. I don't understand. How about this? A question that may come to our mind. Well, you know what? She's already married and I'm not married yet. I'm comparing. How about this person's bought a home and I'm still renting. I don't understand. But when we realize that we have purpose in our life, the distractions that were coming at us begin to diminish. When we begin to realize that God has designed us for something, when we begin to realize that God has has given us tools to equip us, then when we're faced with distractions in our life, when we're trying to, to fulfill purpose that God has given us, those purposes, or those distractions rather, seem less. Watch this, Nehemiah. It's a great biblical example here. Nehemiah one day realizes that the city walls of which his home was from was destroyed. He was upset about this. He was distraught over it. Do you know sometimes, watch this, sometimes the things that we get upset about or distraught over are things that maybe God has given a purpose for your life in? I'm just going to throw this out here. Sometimes in, in the church realm, you know, as a pastor, I hear a lot of, a lot of things. Well, you know what? Uh, this church doesn't do this, and that's just not acceptable, and that's just not right. And next thing you know, the individual walks away. Well, if you don't like it, maybe you can help change it. Maybe God is opening your eyes to a purpose. So Nehemiah didn't like what he saw from his home. The walls were destroyed and he was upset because that's the barrier of protection for his city, of his home. So you can read it later on, but you go in there and you can read through it. And it says that he got this grand idea. I'm going to build these walls back up. So you got one man, but he was a great leader. He motivated people. There was a, there was a desire in his heart. There was a purpose that God had designed for him to do. Now look, he didn't go out looking for this. What happened was, if you look at earlier in scripture, Nehemiah was fulfilling purpose, little p purpose. And he was doing it. And so what happened? God showed favor upon him and he gave him a large purpose to accomplish, a desire, a need. So we understand that Nehemiah, he he. he got these people together. He got the tools necessary. He got all of this stuff. And so he began to work on the wall. Purpose diminishes what? Distraction. So Nehemiah is is building the walls and, and, and there's these two guys that come around. These two individuals named Sambalat and Tobiah. And they come to the wall that, that Nehemiah is building and they start bringing distraction to him. Nehemiah, you can't do this. It's going to take too long. 
This is going to fail. You're not going to be able to accomplish it. In fact, they said, we will come and destroy you. But Nehemiah had no, no thought of their words. In other words, he said, sorry, guys, but I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. You realize that when you're going about the purpose that God has given you or the purposes that God has given you and you get in the frame of mind that it doesn't matter what comes against me. It doesn't matter what the enemy may say. It doesn't matter what kind of distractions come against me. When I am doing this for God, when I am fulfilling the purpose that God has given me, nothing can stop us. This week, I'm going to be very transparent with you for a moment. It was a tough week here at the church. Not really that bad, but everywhere I was looking, all I could see was problems. It's weird when all of a sudden you become the leader and all of a sudden God, all these things come to fruition and you can kind of get overwhelmed. And I remember as I was studying this message, I realized the purpose that God has given me. And I know the direction that this church, that God is leading us in. And I'm going to stand here as the pastor of this church to tell you there will be a not a distraction that will diminish what God is going to do through this body of Christ. Things may at times look hard and they may look difficult in your life. You may have been praying for that son or daughter to come to Christ and you've been given it all you've got. I know of a lady that's in our church that has been praying for her son for some time. He's gone through some very difficult things. He's made some very bad choices. But I'm seeing that son grow closer and closer to God every time I see him. Why? Because there's a mom that understands that there is power and purpose that her God cannot defeat or be defeated rather. You see, when we take on the attitude and we know who the creator was and who the one who put purpose in our life, then no matter what comes against you, what will happen? You will overcome it. You will plow through it. Nothing can destroy the purpose and the will that God has for your life. I've, I've heard of some of you, or not, maybe not specifically, excuse me, specifically of you, say, you know what? I want to get out of debt in my life. Do you not think that maybe God has created that a purpose for some of us? Or whether all of us? Think about it. I don't believe that God wants his people to what? Be in debt. I do not. But you know what can happen sometimes is that we go through life and we make bad choices, bad decisions that causes us to get deeper and to get deeper. Some of you guys are going, Pastor Kevin, can we stop? You're just depressing me right here. <laughs> follow me. Just follow me. But if we would take on the mindset that we're going to work through this regardless, 
that maybe you're going to have to brown bag at the lunch every day. Maybe you can't purchase the next big thing, the next big iPad or iWatch or iPhone. Maybe you can't go out and, and buy the most extravagant home. But when you take on this attitude and you begin to push forward, God begins to reveal things to you. What is it? Remember, if you're faithful in the small things, what happens? He begins to multiply the purpose and the blessing in your life, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens? God begins to pull you through that debt because you make better choices and you make better decisions. All my single people, who's single? All right. All the single, then look around because you might find your next spouse in here somewhere. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. The worst thing you could ever do is settle. The worst thing you could ever do is just settle. Oh, but Pastor Kevin, I'm, you know, I don't know how old you are, okay? But I'm this old and I don't have anyone. You have Jesus. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to hear that. But I'll take Jesus over a bad relationship any day. And so what happens when you become faithful in your purpose and the small things, what does God do? He gives you bigger and better and he begins to do what? Multiply it and things, hey, who knows? Join a life group. You might find somebody to join life with. Purpose diminishes distraction. Number two, the thing that we're going to look at is purpose pushes us through the pain. How many of you have ever gone through pain in life? Right? I'm going to tell a story. This is a really bad day for you to be in here. <laughs> or it's a really bad day for me to have her in here. But that's my wife speaking of, okay? Who's going through childbirth? I've not. So guys, don't raise your hands. All right? You kind of have though, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, you know, the second point says this, purpose pushes you through the pain. I remember my wife giving labor to Carter, the little guy, six-year-old now. I remember before he was, I was, man, I was so excited. Oh, I was so excited. I was like, man, I'm about to be a dad. This guy's going to be awesome. I didn't know it was a guy at the time. We didn't, we didn't know. And I was so excited about it. And, and I, I remember, um, and she'll, she's going to kill me, but I remember the night before he was born and she was like starting to have some pains and stuff. I, I didn't think, no, I just went to bed. You know, slept through the whole night. It was scheduled to go the next morning to, to have him. And, you know, I'm a guy, right? I mean, you know, whatever. you got a little discomfort. You know, get over it. You know, that type of deal. <laughs> I need Jesus. I need Jesus right now. Some of you are asleep. I just woke you up. 
So I remember, right? I, I remember that, that night. Now, I remember the next morning when she was pretty ticked off with me. And I was like, what? I just went to bed. You know, it's, it's typical, right? I can't help that you were on the couch moaning all night. Yeah, I can't help that. So we went to the hospital, and she's in there. And thank God for this needle that they give you, I guess. You know, but there was still discomfort for her. But there was a purpose, wasn't there? And that purpose was this big discomfort of six years now that continued. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's awesome. And, uh, but sometimes you have to go through pain in life through purpose in order to get what? The reward that God has intended for you in your life. Am I right? But at the first sign of discomfort or pain, what do we often do? Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this any longer. And we have to throw up our hands and, and kind of step away and say, I'm sorry, God, my idea of purpose is different than your idea of purpose. And I'm not okay with continuing on this journey. How about we start a new one that's much easier? Wouldn't that be a little bit more, you know, make more sense? And that's what we do. We're kind of like, let's make a deal, God. Let's make a deal about this. And I wonder how many times for every one of us in this room that we have missed out on what God had for our lives because there was some pain or some discomfort that distracted us and that we did not fulfill the purpose that God had for us. That's not to upset you, but that's to challenge you a little bit. Because you know what? There might be some of you in this room this morning, and I'm going to speak a little bit prophetically maybe, and I don't know who you are or what you go through in life or some of you, but there might be some of you this morning who are going through some pain and discomfort and distraction, and it hurts, and it really just stinks, and sometimes you just want to throw up your arms and say, God, I just can't do this anymore. We need another purpose. We need another way of going about this. When God is saying, no, you need to push through this because what I have for your life is greater than what you're thinking of how bad your pain is. And I have something grander for you. I have something better for you. I love it because if we're faithful with the small thing, God begins to reveal bigger things for our lives. When we recognize that this is what we're supposed to do, it doesn't matter what the critics say. They can't stop you. Opposition can't deter you. Pain won't slow you. You will realize that you were created just for this moment, just for this problem, just for this purpose. You will understand that God had called you for something greater. And because God is calling me and God is with me and God is fulfilling, I'm going to be faithful to him in return. Purpose pushes you through the pain. And then the third one is this. Purpose empowers you to please God. This is what Moses tapped into. He understood that by serving God. He had whole kinds of opposition. His own family gave him opposition. The people he was a part of, who he was trying to help, 
gave him what? Opposition. They wanted to distract him. They wanted to cause pain for him. Pharaoh gave him opposition. But you need to understand that your purpose needs to empower you to please God. Regardless of all of this, Moses decided, I'm still going to please God. Regardless of the distraction, regardless of the pain, regardless of the difficulty, I'm still going to please God. Sometimes it's hard. When you're in purpose, when you're doing what God wants you to do, listen to me very clearly. You will have pain. You will have destruction. You will have opposition. There will be things that will bring distraction to you. Don't think just because God gave you a purpose that everything is going to be just fine. It's not. There's going to be problems, I promise you. But you can't stop. you got to understand that the purpose is bigger than the problem, than the distraction, than the opposition. And I have to push through regardless. I have to please God. Because listen to this, when you please God and you realize that you're pleasing God, isn't it so much more rewarding when you look at your life? Don't you have so much more peace when you look at your life? You do. Think about the things in your everyday life that you go through and that you understand that you have to go through. But when you get through it, it's like, oh, See, I, I, what's great is I can see your faces and I can see that you're like glued into this right now. And I'm glad. Because you have purpose. You see, Moses tapped into it. Moses said this. He said, uh, let, me, let me get there right quick, sorry. Can you, can you go to that scripture for me? The first scripture? I lost myself. By faith, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh. Okay, keep going, please. He chose to be mistreated along with the other people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. I think there's one more. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to what? His reward. Keep that up there. I want to repeat that. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value. Greater value. It didn't matter than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. I want you to stand up with me this, this morning. We, you and me, we can't please everybody. You can't. If you're trying to live your life to please everybody, you are going to be disappointed. But we can please God. Whenever we live by faith, we please God. Whenever we're obedient to the purposes in the moment, 
We're faithful in the small things. What do we do? We please God. Whenever we die to ourselves and let Christ live through us, what are we doing? We are pleasing God. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. The greater value is the calling. Say, well, Pastor Kevin, I don't have a calling to be a pastor or a teacher. But you have a calling to be a parent. And there's purpose in that. God has called you to be the best parent that you could possibly be. Some of you say, well, Pastor Kevin, I don't even have children. I don't even know if I'm ever going to have children. Well, you know what? If you're married, God's called you to be the best spouse that you can be. So be the best spouse that you can be. That is a purpose. Some of you say, well, Pastor Kevin, I'm not even married. I don't know. But you got a job. You're an employee. Employee. Be the best employee that you can be. That is a purpose. Some of you in this room this morning, you know, you might say, you know, I'm just, I try to be a friend to people. That's a purpose. Be the friend in somebody's life. Be that hope. Be that encouragement. You don't know how many people that you might be surrounded with that are hurting and they're, they're looking for Christ. They might even be a Christ follower, but they're so distracted and they're in so much pain that they're not able to fulfill the purposes that God has designed them for. But God has given you an opportunity in that moment to fulfill a purpose. So fulfill your purpose, which can then help them fulfill what? Their purpose. And it becomes like a chain reaction. And then all of a sudden, the community we live in, the families we live in, the society we live in, gets just a little bit better. Do you know what we have failed as a church? The moment opposition comes about, we go, oh, this can't be of God. There's pain here. There's distraction. There's opposition. And so we throw up our hand and we miss out. We miss out on a blessing. We miss out on a reward that God has intended. If Moses would have allowed the opposition and the pain and the distraction. If Nehemiah would have allowed the opposition, the pain and the distraction. If Paul would have allowed the opposition and the pain and the distraction. If Esther would have allowed the opposition and the pain and the distraction. If Mary would have allowed the opposition and the pain and the distraction. And watch this, if Jesus Christ would have allowed the opposition of pain and distraction, where would you be today? So my challenge to you is don't allow the opposition of pain, discomfort, distraction, lack of faith, disobedience to rule your life. Let God be the ruler of your life. Understand that there's going to be pain in your purpose. But understand that God's going to diminish the distractions because you're going to fight through it. So my question this morning is this. It's not what is your purpose. I think we've all understand what your purpose is. If you're a student, your purpose is to be the best student you can possibly be. If you're a family member, be the best family member you can be in someone's life. 
your family. It's not what is your purpose, but is are you fighting through the pain? Are you fighting through the discomfort? Are you fighting through the distraction? Are you allowing it to rule your life? Or are you saying this morning, Pastor Kevin, I get it, I see. The choices I make really matter. They're really important. Uh, my wife just walked out. That's good. That's good news for me. Because I remember so vividly two boys being born. But the blessing that came from it was worth every single what she went through. <laughs> and that I'm going to go through later. So you know what? If you need help this morning to say, Pastor Kevin, I need prayer about this. I need prayer because it's difficult. It's a struggle. You're not walking up admitting in front of people. I want to get this out of your head that you're weak. You're admitting that, you know what? I want God to rule this thing. I want God to be God. I want him to be the all powerful and I need his help. And I'm, you know what? I'm not ashamed to say, God, I'm asking for your help right now. So I'm challenging you. If that's you, I'm asking you to step out this morning and say, yes, I want that. I need that right now. I need that. I need the encouragement. I need to push through this thing. It's, it's hard. You know, you might be the individual that might, that might stand here this morning or be standing here and saying, Pastor Kevin, I'm going through it. And it's difficult. I need somebody to help me through. I need somebody to hold my hand through this. The struggle is real and it's hard. And you might say, that's me. I'm asking you to step out where you're at and come forward. The choices you make really, really matter. God has given you a choice this morning. He's challenging you this morning. Think about it.